Hey everyone and welcome to today's episode. So we're still continuing with this mini training. This is number three in a series of four episodes. And in this mini training we are exploring, or these mini trainings, we are exploring the pillars which I believe need to be in place for us to fully flourish, for us to be connected to our deep truth, to show up authentically and to really have access to everyday pleasure, to live from a place of passion, purpose and aliveness. So in this episode today we're going to look at three embodiment practices that I want to share with you and these are really going to help you show up with more ease and authenticity in your life. So in my experience what happens is when we follow and live in an embodied way, when we follow the art of embodied living, it helps nurture our confidence and it really allows us to build that deeper faith and connection with ourselves. So it also opens and creates some space in your nervous system and this allows you to fully embrace life and live with a sense of openness and ease. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I'm going to link them for you in the show notes. And let's get started with the three embodiment practices that I have to share with you today. So we're going to look at a movement practice. I'm going to talk about aligning with your cycle. And then we're also going to talk about how to embody healthy boundaries. Hi, and welcome to the Untamed and Embodied Show. I'm your host, Tersha Regler feminine embodiment coach and here to help you cultivate a life of radiance, everyday pleasure and unapologetic self-expression. Join me every week as I share how you can tap into your feminine flow so you can come home to yourself and live your life from a place of inner freedom and aliveness. So the way that I see this connecting to devotion is I see that embodied living is an act of devotion and I'm not speaking here about devotion in the sense of religion but devotion as in attending to giving your attention and your intention to something and in this case we are attending to our feminine feeling the currency of the feminine is feeling and we are attending to our own inner aliveness we are attending to our own sovereignty and to being the authority in our own lives now the first practice that I'm going to share with you is a movement practice and you'll see that there's a theme in today's episode and the theme is really that as women our power lies in our connection to our bodies our power lies in the way that we relate to our bodies and when a woman is in her body when she's connected to the wisdom and the truth of her body instead of getting lost in her mind and and living from from the neck up living only in her head she really is self-aware She is in tune with the ebb and the flow of her emotions and her feelings. And she's living fully alive. She's radiant. When a woman is embodied, when she's connected to her body, she's also connected to her own pleasure. And her courage is a deep, deep well that really allows her to face any challenge that life 
sends her way. As we go through our days, our bodies accumulate tension and stress. And we are very good at ignoring the signals of our bodies. We're very good at ignoring those big signals. And I've been guilty of this in the past, and perhaps you you have been guilty of this as well, where we just finish something on the computer before we go to the bathroom. So we ignore our need to pee just so that we can quickly get something done. Or when we're hungry, we wait before we go and eat just so that we can still have time to complete something else. So we're really very good at ignoring these big signals and the big messages that our body sends us. And often the uncomfortable feelings that we have about um, our desires that haven't been met and the, the truth about our lives that we don't want to voice for ourselves, often these also show up as messages and we push them away. And there's no judgment here. This is something that we all do. We avoid going there. We deny and we distract ourselves with sex or shopping or wine or drugs or TV, whatever your your choice of distraction is. But we distract ourselves so that we don't have to feel and face what messages our bodies have to share with us. So it makes sense then if it is easy enough for us to kind of avoid listening to those louder message in our bodies, then it's really, really difficult for us to even be aware of the more subtle messages, the more subtle sensations and feelings that are alive within us. So the challenge that we have is even if you know that you are numbing yourself, you are distracting yourself and you are not really connected to this subtle language of your body, you can't think yourself out of the cycle. The only way to get out of the cycle is by dropping into the body and connecting into the body. We can develop the skill of becoming sensitive to these subtle, more nuanced feelings and sensations and messages that are available in our body. And this is what a movement practice ultimately allows you to do. So movement practice is not a dance, although there may be some dancing involved, but it really is a unstructured movement flow. And I learned this in my feminine embodiment coaching training. And this is also one of the first tools that I teach my new clients. The purpose really is to feel everything that's present and to not change it in any way or to shift it or to transform it, but really for you to meet yourself where you are. The more you do this, the more you flow, the more sensitive you become to the language of your body, to what is alive. And the deep flow practice that I teach my clients, this practice really allows you to unravel all of the tension that is in the Um, in the nervous system and instead of pushing something away instead of not letting yourself feel something it allows you to enter into new depths of communication with yourself it really is a chance for you to meet it where it lives in the body and as you dive deeper into the layers it really illuminates what is there so it's a beautiful form of shadow work I've done some incredible inner child work 
through this deep flow practice. And if we have the courage to meet what is here, it gives us the courage to show up as who we truly are in the outside world as well. So the second practice that I want to share with you is aligning with your cycle. And full disclosure here, I'm in the season of perimenopause in my life right now. So the way that I align with my cycle, the way that I work with my cycle is going to look different to someone who is um, still bleeding regularly. But what I'm learning as I'm diving deeper into this, and I'm not an expert by any means, I'm using myself as a guinea pig. But what I'm learning as I'm diving deeper into this is this is so helpful even if you are in perimenopause or if you have already reached menopause. When you don't bleed anymore, you can start aligning yourself with the moon. So you use the phases of the moon as your cycle. And the way that it works is new moon, you mark then as day one of your bleed. And then as the moon goes through her phases, this is how you follow as well. So the waxing moon is then building up towards ovulation. Full moon is when you ovulate. And then the waning moon is the pre-menstrual stage. And then again back into the dark moon or the new moon. And then this is again the time when you bleed. As we go through our cycle, and I got this information from a book called Wild Power, which I'll link for you in the description below. You can align or imagine the way you go through your cycle. You can match that up with the seasons of the year. So for example, when you're menstruating, that is your inner winter. When you are building up towards ovulation, that's your inner spring. Ovulation is inner summer. And then as you going down again towards menstruation, um, that is your inner autumn. And just as nature goes through these cycles and you can see the growth and the energy and the spurts of everything that's, that's coming to fruition and then the ripeness as everything is getting ready to be harvested and then everything going down again and the trees going into um, sleep, uh, nothing grows, only in springtime to start growing again. This is how our energy works as women as well. We also go through the cyclical energy. And once you start aligning to this, once you start tracking what your energy does through the cycle and you start seeing what patterns are particular to you, this really allows you then to start making decisions as to how you're going to show up, the activities that you plan, to do that in a way that is most aligned with your energy state. So it really allows you to live optimally. Now, one of the big things for me that happened when I started tracking my cycle is it brought me into deeper alignment with myself. It made me see that the times when I was feeling low or the times where I lacked energy and I didn't feel like doing much that had nothing to do with me or it wasn't a failure on my part that I was doing something wrong. This was just the stage or the season rather of my cycle that, that I was in. So, and I think what's really powerful with this is once we start listening to our own bodies, 
And once we really start feeling and becoming sensitive to our needs and what we require in order to show up more powerfully, it really does leave us more empowered. It really allows us to become sovereign in our own authority. And I think so often as we grow older, as we go through life, it's very easy with all of the things that happen to us, you know, we all have different life experiences. And I think it's very easy to end up feeling disempowered, to end up feeling like a victim in your own life story. And for me, aligning with my cycle is a beautiful practice to work with something which is unique to me, to discovering that the depth of insight which is unique to me and then to live my life from that place. All right, the third practice and the last practice for today that I want to share with you is how to set healthy boundaries. So our boundaries really inform everything that we do. It informs all of our decisions and it teaches other people how to treat us. And it's also an expression of what we find acceptable or unacceptable. And our external boundaries you can see that as an imaginative line. It's a line between you and the outside world. And this boundary informs the relationship that you have with other people. It informs the relationship that you have with your co-workers, with your family. So it really is how you show up in your life with the people in your life. Our internal boundaries has to do with the relationship that you have with yourself. So it has to do with the level of intimacy that you have with yourself and also how you honor your own capacity to receive, how you honor your own capacity to give and how you honor your need for self-care, emotional and physical self-care so that you can increase your capacity to give. So it's really difficult for many reasons to uphold strong boundaries. And I just want to look at three of the reasons. It can be difficult for us to uphold strong boundaries because we're afraid that other people will reject us. We're afraid that they won't like us when we say no. Also, sometimes we feel that we are not worthy of having our needs met. Sometimes we don't even know what our needs are. But we feel that we're not worthy of having our needs met. So we place other people's needs and wants and desires ahead of our own. And then the last reason why it's difficult for us sometimes to uphold these boundaries is because we don't want to let people down. We feel responsible for other people's happiness. And we feel that we have a duty towards making sure that other people are okay and that other people feel cared for and looked after. The way that I see this is that these are really limiting beliefs that makes us create these boundaries on a false premise. And what happens when our boundaries are crossed is you'll find that you feel resentful or that you feel guilt. And many of the women that I speak to, when there is a boundary, a lack of healthy boundaries, typically what happens is you 
you fluctuate or you oscillate between the two extremes. So the cycle looks like this. You start by having a, let's call it a leaky boundary or a porous boundary. So this is overgiving, um, saying yes, even if you don't want to. And then there is a resentment that builds up. And then once the resentment is strong enough for you to like draw a line in the sand, you veer over to a rigid boundary where you don't say yes, you don't give an inch, you are very strong in, in standing up for yourself. And then you start feeling guilty because of this. So slowly the scales then tip and you go back to the porous boundary until you feel resentful and then the whole cycle repeats itself. And again, this is something that is, we all do it. We all do it to some extent. So that's nothing to feel guilty about. That's nothing to feel shame for. The power lies in recognizing this is how I'm upholding boundaries and then taking the steps towards embodying healthy boundaries. So the question is then, how does embodiment help me to uphold these boundaries? Now, if you've ever said yes to someone and immediately afterwards you felt this contraction or you felt the sense in your body of, uh, no, I wish I didn't do that. This is the key in learning how to set embodied boundaries where you really allow your body's responses to guide you um, in terms of setting boundaries. So you become sensitive to your body and you honor these responses of your body. Being in touch with your body and being sensitive to your body's responses and to what feels comfortable and to what feels uncomfortable, this really gives you the support and the tools to learn how to set healthy embodied boundaries. And it also deepens your level of faith in yourself, your level of trust in yourself. Really, I see that as we step into that connection with ourselves, as we become sensitive to our own truth, our own deep truth, and we start trusting that, we also then act that trust out into the world. We start living from that point of trust out into the world. So for us to really show up authentically, for us to show up as who we truly are. We need to know who we are. We have to devote ourselves to accepting all of who we are. We have to devote ourselves to owning all parts of ourselves. And I believe that these three embodiment practices, the movement practice, aligning with your cycle and embodying healthy boundaries, these practices, in my own experience, have removed the layers that have prevented me from showing up in a way which was closest to my most and truest self. So if this is something that you want to explore, then I invite you to hop onto a discovery call with me so we can talk about how I can help you. We'll explore where you are right now in your life and what it is that you want instead. And I'm going to leave a link for you to apply for that discovery call or to book that discovery call, I'm going to leave a link for you in the description. I really hope that you found today's episode very helpful and insightful. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.